and welcome to Q&A with the Doc. Today, the Doc is in to answer the question, what is the rapture? Let's hear what he has to say. As we look at the rapture, it's important that we understand at least two Greek words. Remember, the New Testament was written in the Greek, and the rapture itself is a New Testament concept. So as we understand begin to understand what the rapture is, uh, we need to know two words in Greek at least. Uh, the first would be parousia, parousia, P-A-R-O-U-S-I-A. In the Greek, parousia means a coming or a presence. In the context of the New Testament, as we see the word parousia, uh, it's referring to the coming of the Lord Jesus when he reveal his presence and his glorified state to all of mankind. Uh, it's what we call in the scripture, the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. But as we read through the New Testament, we also see a word that's called arpezo. And in the Greek, it's spelled H-A-R-P-A-Z-O. When we translate to the English, arpezo. And it literally means to snatch away or to seize. So when we read Perusia, uh, it's referring to the coming of the Lord Jesus. This would be the second coming. But when we read Arpezo, uh, it's actually referring to the church being seized away or snatched away, called out of the world itself. So it appears uh, just from those words alone that Arpezo and Parousia are two separate events. Uh, the words are used distinctly differently, and they describe different events. One is the snatching away, and the other is the coming or the appearance of. How does that play out? L let me uh, start and explain it the best way that I know how. The rapture would be considered an eschatological term eschatology is the study of the end times. So the rapture is a term that represents a theological position that's held by many evangelical Christians concerning what some would refer to as the first phase of the second coming. First phase being that the church would be raptured out of the world. Second phase being the coming of the Lord Jesus. Therefore, Looking at the second coming, many see it in two phases, the harpezo, the snatching away of the church, and the parousia, the coming or the appearance of the Lord Jesus. Now, we must understand that not all evangelicals believe the same about the timing or even the event called the rapture. This would be considered in the scripture a non-essential doctrine. Please remember, when talking about doctrines, in the essentials, we must have unity. So if a doctrine is directly related to salvation, we need to all agree that Jesus is the only way to get to heaven. But in the non-essentials, like whether or not we believe in a literal rapture of the church, we have liberty. We can believe a little differently. In all of our beliefs, whether essential or non-essential, we're to have charity. In other words, we're to love one another. With that, let's continue to dive in to this topic of the second coming, specifically the rapture. So the rapture 
is defined as an event in the future that could happen at any time. It's imminent, meaning it happened at any time where the Lord Jesus, according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 17, returns to the clouds, but not fully to the earth. On the other hand, the glorious appearing is also an event in the future where Jesus literally and visibly returns to the earth. The glorious appearing, appearing happens after the rapture. The rapture is, uh, if we could call it this, a secret event. Only believers will be called up to be with the Lord in the clouds and then with Him forever. And many will not see the Lord Jesus, just believers. However, at the glorious appearing, which it would be the second phase of the second coming, the Lord Jesus will reveal himself to all the world. And at that coming, it literally says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But this is not so in the rapture. Uh, the church will be snatched out of the world. When the rapture takes place, the church will go to be with the Lord in the air. A while a seven-year period of tribulation takes place on earth. Now understand, some would believe the rapture would happen in the middle of the tribulation, and some believe it would take place at the end. However, it appears when we study the book of Revelation that the rapture would be represented in Revelation chapter 4, and then the tribulation would begin in Revelation uh, tribulation would begin in Revelation chapter 6 and would take place all the way to Re Revelation chapter 18. And then we see the church returning to the earth with the Lord according to Revelation chapter 19. So the rapture will take place next big event on God's prophetical calendar. And then there'll be a seven-year period of tribulation. Uh, for those that really love studying eschatology, if you go back and read Daniel's prophecy in the Old Testament, you'll see that he prophesied about 70 weeks. Well, each week represents a period of seven years. A day would be considered a, a year. A week would be considered uh, seven years because a day would be a year. So in a week, there's seven days. That would be seven years. Sixty-nine of those weeks have already taken place in history. But there's a missing week in Daniel's prophecy. Many eschatological scholars believe that that missing week is the tribulation, the seven-year period of time. So if you were to look at God's prophetical calendar, where we are today in what would be referred the church age, we could go all the way back. There's the beginning. Uh, then we have the patriarchs. And then there's the cross. Then we're on this side of the cross. That would be referred to as the church age. The next big event is the rapture. That'll usher in the seven-year tribulation. After the seven-year tribulation, the Lord Jesus and the church come back at the end. And then the millennial reign is ushered in. Uh, at the end of the millennial reign, there'll be the great white throne judgment where all lost people from all ages will stand before the Lord, give an account for all of their sins, and then they'll be cast into what's referred to as the lake of fire. Uh, Jesus refers to this in the Gospels as Gehenna in the Greek, which is the final abode. Uh, this is what we know to be hell, where people will be separated from God forever, 
in this real place and be tormented day and night to give an account for all of their sins because they refused to believe the truth and believe the lie of Satan. As a result, they perish or spend eternity separated from God, where believers from all ages will be with God in what's referred to as the new heaven and the new earth that will come out of heaven and come to earth and live and dwell with God forever, just as God intended in the beginning, like the garden experience with Adam and Eve. Now, some have asked, if the rapture takes place, and there's a seven-year tribulation, what takes place in heaven during those seven years? Uh, many eschatological scholars believe that when the church is raptured, it will then undergo what's referred to as the judgment seat of Christ. Judgment seat of Christ can be found in uh, 2 Corinthians 5.10, Romans 14, 1 through 10, or excuse me, 10 through 14, and then 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 through 15, as well as 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. When you look at the judgment seat of Christ, it's clear that this is not a salvation issue. Only saved people will be at this judgment. But saved people will be judged for how we live out our salvation. And if we live it out in a way that is faithful to the Lord Jesus and serve Him in that manner, we'll receive certain rewards. Uh, if we're unfaithful and squander away uh, the grace and the gifts that God gives us, we're still saved because it's a free gift, but our rewards in heaven will be less. Some have asked, what do the rewards mean? Well, the Bible doesn't say a lot about the rewards other than some will gain them and some will lose them, depending on how they lived out their salvation. But what we do know is Scripture teaches that we will serve God in the future eternal kingdom, similarly in the way that we served Him here, so that if we lose reward, it's likely that our responsibility in the future kingdom will not be as great as if we have gained reward. Please understand when we're talking about losing and gaining, it has nothing to do with salvation. Salvation is by grace and grace alone. It's clear all throughout Scripture, but poignantly clear in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, that salvation is the gift of God. It comes by grace through faith. The Lord Jesus paid it all. When we realize that we're a sinner and that God is the only one that could save us, and understand that Jesus lived a perfect life, died a sacrificial death, and was raised from the dead, when we understand this and we surrender all we are to the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible teaches that we are saved. And we can be sure that when the rapture happens, whenever it were to take place, either before the tribulation, as some think, in the middle of the tribulation, as others think, or at the end of the tribulation, simultaneously with the glorious appearing, as some would think, whenever it happens, when we're saved, we can be sure because of the Lord Jesus, we will go to be with the Lord forever. So what is the rapture? The rapture could be, based on the understanding of the Greek word arpezo, as well as the Greek word parousia, uh, the rapture could be an event where the church is snatched out seven years prior to the parousia, the glorious appearing of the Lord Jesus. While they're snatched out in the heaven, in heavens, the Bible would teach that they would 
go through the judgment seat of Christ and then what's referred to the marriage of the Lamb. While those events are taking place on earth, there will be the seven-year tribulation. At the end of that, the Lord Jesus and the armies of heaven referred to as the saints, which would be the church, Revelation 19 will come back, rule and reign with the Lord for a thousand years. Then all of those who opposed the Lord, died in their sin, will be judged at the great white throne judgment, cast into the lake of fire. And then the new heavens and new earth will come to earth as the old earth will be destroyed. And the people of God, through faith in the Lord Jesus, as in all ages, will live with God forever in this glorious eternal kingdom. Thank you for the question. If you have more, please send them in. I'd love to answer them in future episodes. Whatever you do, though, remember, God loves you, and so do we. Have a great week. Thank you again for joining us on Q&A with the Doc. If you have any questions for Dr. Sean, you can send him a message on social media at at Dr. Sean Keels or send him an email at seankeels at gmail.com. 